Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And you can go to sunburymotors.com and check out the great line of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. And their great pre-owned inventory as well, all at sunburymotors.com. In fact, you can get everything rolling from the comfort of your own living room. All at sunburymotors.com. Great to have you with us on the show today. Uh, Another pretty good one coming up today. Uh, We have Dennis Chambers. Well, in fact, we'll do this in order. We've got... um, Corey Geiger on today. We're going to talk minor league baseball, the survival of the minor leagues with him. At 335, Dennis Chambers at 406, Senator Pat Toomey at 435 on the on working in the direction of making youth sports safe in this environment. That's what we'll be talking to the Senator about. I have a series of questions from Mark Lawrence. <laughs> and uh... I told him strictly sports, no politics. And even the senator himself said that, too, so it's all good. Um, well, if the senator knows anything about me, I don't know if he does or not. I think he knows he's okay here. Yes. We'll just we'll just ask him sports. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to get into the politics of anything. Um especially after the massive disappointment I had. The only the only political question I've ever asked on this show, I've only asked one political question in this our ninth year. Do you know what that question was? We had the suit on to do uh, bowl picks. So oh, he, boy. He was, he was making his triumphant return <laughs> to the to the show to make bowl picks. And I asked, I said, you know, before we get started, I said, uh, I said, you're, you know, you're a political bigwig in Danville. I said, have you ever voted to raise taxes? <laughs> well, Jamie at the time was in charge of sales and almost drove off the road when I did that. She was laughing so she was laughing so hard because he was, well, um, 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 um. Now, when somebody answers, well, um, 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 that means yes. <laughs> I think that's the only political question I've ever asked in the history of this show, was that one. And I thought that was a good one. Yeah. I would agree. Kind of, kind of felt like I was working in the press corps and had one of those gotcha questions. I <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Uh, but no, we uh, we will talk strict, uh, strictly sports with Senator Toomey. We only really have him on for five or six minutes, right? Uh, I think he's got a little more time today, but I'm sure we'll probably no, have no good. more well, than Well, I got a lot of questions then. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got a ton of questions. Here we go. <laughs> lots and lots of questions. 
But youth sports is really it's it's really important. I mean, I don't care whether you have children yourself or whether you have grandchildren. It's a great activity to get. There's so many organized sports today. Now, I do see, as I drive around this area, more and more people. Ah, Hold on a second here. Yes, Mark. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, More uh, every time I go down Blue Course Drive here in State College, I see a lot of people playing pickup basketball. I see some youngsters playing pickup soccer, throwing the ball around. So I do see that. But as time has gone, there's been more and more people that have gone from hey, you know, hey, let's get a group of kids in the neighborhood and throw the ball around or, you know, hit the ball, whatever it may be, you know, shoot some hoops. More and more has been put on playing organized team sports, uh, basketball, flag football, Little League baseball, softball, whatever it may be, whatever it may be. Uh, And... Because of that, that's what I what I believe that this uh, group has been doing. Jimmy Rollins is a part of it. Jenny Finch is a part of it. Steve Keener, we just had on the show, is a part of it as well. So it'll be interesting to see what ideas they've come up with, and we'll talk about that. You may have seen or read the fact that the NCAA is going to open up the door June 1st to allow the resumption of voluntary football, men's, and women's basketball activities. So does that mean that Penn State's throwing open the door and you're going to have 123 football players? That is the number right now. 123 football players, uh, 13 basketball players, and I think the Lady Lions have 11, I think, or something like that. And they're all going to be here June 1st? No, not necessarily. Uh, every area, every state, and every university has to make its own decision. So you can throw open the doors for voluntary workouts or, or you know, getting in the weight room June 1st, but at the University of Florida in Gainesville and in that state, you may be able to do it right away on June 1st. If you're Syracuse, you may not be able to do it right away. There has been some talk, for example, that Ohio State may be getting back to work June 8th. Now, the coaches may come in June 1st, but um, but June 8th uh, may be when they go back. But every state has their own, as we see with anything. I mean, uh, your ability to open a hair salon in Georgia is completely different than your ability to order open up one in the state, just using state examples. And that's going to be the same with this. 
in Athens, Georgia. They may be down there with the doors wide open on the first and guys back in the weight room and doing seven-on-sevens and things like that. June 1. They, you know, in that state, it would happen. But if you go if you go to Boston College, no. You, they're not ready to do that in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Here's another part, though, I think that is very important in all this, that uh, we need to, to keep perspective. And I think what I've tried to do is I have not done any of the, oh, playing games without fans, uh, letting fans in. Will they play games? Will they play in the spring? I haven't done any of that because I think it is – I don't mind people talking about ideas, especially if they have information. But I try to take everything, as I've mentioned many times here, a step at a time, and we're in this step right now. And one of the reasons I try to take it a step at a time is I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know much about this. I mean, just what I've watched on TV and what I've read, I've certainly done extensive reading on it. And I've had more time to watch TV. So I've had a chance to at least watch news, commentary, things like that. But think about where we were on April 21st. Well, let's think about where we were March 21st. Well, on March 21st, we're all like looking at each other like, what the heck is going on? And what was the thought process there? Then let's take it to April 21st. Right. April 21st, we're still really in the throes of this, but there's some rumors about some states may be willing to open up in May. All right. Now here we are on May 21st. In one form or another, all 50 states have some opening. So where are we going to be on June 21st? July 21st, August 21st. We could be at a point where the openings didn't go well, or we may be at a point where there's a second wave or something like that. Or we could continue to open up and have things go well and things continue to go well and there is no second wave and we may be at a point August 21st where say Major League Baseball has started and maybe they feel comfortable actually letting fans in the NBA has the playoffs and halfway through the playoffs suddenly they feel there's a comfort level based on how life is going that they can let fans in So to make these blanket statements about what we think will happen, you have to take yourself back. What was my what was our mindset on March twenty first? What was was our mindset on April twenty first? And what is our mindset today on May twenty first? In two months, a lot of elements have really changed. And also a lot of information we have about the virus has changed. Let me take you to 
a story in uh, USA Today with the CDC. And I'm sure many of you have seen this or heard about it. And that is the story dealing with surfaces. As you know, originally, um, you know, everybody's been using wipes and Clorox and everything like that. I mean, yeah, there there are people that have been wiping down counters and have been what you know, some people have even been wiping down their groceries when they come home. So in USA Today, okay, recent guidance issued by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention sheds new light on how coronavirus spreads on surfaces. Though there is the possibility the coronavirus could be transmitted by touching a surface and then your nose, mouth, or eyes, the likelihood is that of that is lower than person-to-person contact, which is believed to be the primary way it's transmitted. It is a new disease, and we're still learning about it. So, again, what we thought earlier turns out that as they know more about it, now it's different. The CDC guidelines, I believe, are trying to reduce fear and paranoia about methods of transmission, she said. That's fair. Um, They also say you still should maintain physical distance, wash hands, try to avoid touching your face, and they also advise wearing masks, especially in crowded places. Okay. So that's something that everybody's been doing repeatedly for the last few weeks, and it turns out, well, what we thought originally is not um, actually, you know, now that they know more about it, it's not quite what they thought originally when it comes to surfaces. My point of relating that story is not to talk about surfaces. That is not in any way, shape, or form my point. My point is it lets you know how the more we know about this and the more information we have, the more things have the ability to change. Some could be bad. Some could be worse. That's why, and some could be a lot better. Some could be way better. That's why we try to stay in the moment of this as much as we can. That's why I try not to jump ahead. That's why I try not to speculate. Well, you know, they could do this with it, without it. How are they going to do it? When you cross the bridge, then you cross the bridge. Now, when it comes time to consider doing something without fans, how are you going to do it? When it comes time to considering how many, you know, what fans can be let in, all, some, a few, cross that bridge. Talking about it now doesn't do any good. Talking about it now doesn't do any good. And again, when you see something such as, hey, voluntary workouts can begin June 1st, instead of, like, in the word, every state's different. 
What you're allowed to do in Michigan and California is different than what you can do in Georgia and Florida. So it's not it's not going to be a universal opening. So All right, we're going to talk minor league baseball and minor league baseball in this particular summer is absolutely a business that has been belted hard by coronavirus. Most minor league baseball teams would have begun their season the first week of April to play a 144-game schedule. Well, there hasn't been a baseball game, period, and obviously no minor league baseball played so far this year. And the majors are hoping to get going on the 4th of July. So we'll hear from Corey in the next half hour. Great to have you with us. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kier, which 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And you can go online to sunburymotors.com. Check out their great lines. Brand new Fords, Lincolns, Kias, Hyundais. Outstanding pre-owned inventory. You can go online. You can shop, pick out exactly. You know what? That vehicle fits me. And then you can get the buying process going right from the comfort of your own living room. All at sunburymotors.com. Great to have you with us today. Next half hour, Dennis Chambers. Final half hour, Senator Pat Toomey. Uh, On the after show, uh, the suit and uh, we'll be debating something. He's actually in the building today. Is that true? Yes, that is true. Hmm. Was it when when the little band played Hail to the Chief? Was that the tip-off? <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. By the way, he's gearing up for June 6th. June 6th means everything to him. Everything. <laughs> That's the IndyCar race and. uh but uh, Texas Motor Speedway. All right. So let's talk about minor league baseball. Uh, Right now, after a meeting on April 22nd, nothing has leaked out about that. There have been a couple little stories here and there. One is J.J. Cooper's securing affiliations is like the wild, wild west right now. But an opportunity to talk about this with Corey Geiger. Corey, we hope uh, you and yours are doing very well, and thanks a lot for joining us. We are doing well, Steve. Glad to hear from you. It's uh, man, what a what a crazy with no sports. Um, these are bad times for minor league baseball. For the Altoona Curve specifically, they will get through this, and they have an owner in Bob Lozanak who owned a whole bunch of McDonald's franchises for uh, several decades. Um, 
I've tried to kind of walk a little bit of a fine line here with personal finance. He's got a lot of money, Steve. (laughs) Does that mean mean he wants to pump a ton of his own money into a business that, you know, might have to lose some for a year or two? Well, you know, all all business owners are different. But the Altoona Curve should survive. They have a phenomenal ballpark. And here's a key. They're within a four-hour drive of eight teams in the Eastern League. Right. So what minor league baseball wants is they want teams with good ballparks and short travel. So I foresee, you know, again, everybody's in a, in a tough spot, Steve, but I think the Altoona Curve come out of this okay um, financially as much as possible, and I do think they will remain a double-A Eastern League uh, affiliate of the Pirates. Yeah, I do too. I think that, that that's probably the way it's going to work out. And the proximity to Pittsburgh – is a help too because minor league teams are trying to keep, or, or excuse me, major league teams are idealistically like to keep their teams as close as possible. Because one of the complaints they've had, I'll give you an example. There are eight teams in the western part of the country, major league baseball. A major complaint has been among the other 22 teams in major league baseball is having minor league teams in the west. Right, and they're they're trying to regionalize this as much as possible. I think that that works tremendously in Altoona's favor. Well, the scary thing right now, Steve, is JJ Cooper from Baseball America just put out this story today, and this is probably it's the Wild West. The Wild West. This is probably going to happen right now for your listeners. There's two separate Indians. There's Major League Baseball, and then there is Minor League Baseball that has its offices in St. Petersburg, Florida. Minor League Baseball, the entity, not not the whole sport, but the entity of Minor League Baseball probably is going to go away. And so Major League Baseball, therefore, would run all the minor leagues. That's not how it works now. Right now, Minor League Baseball is its own you know, business yep. entity. And so if that goes away and Major League Baseball then is making all of the decisions – well, now you you really are in a very, very different ball game with uh, uh, Major League Baseball would then pick the affiliates, you know, and everybody everybody would kind of have to start over maybe to a degree. These player development contracts, which can run two to four years, would all go out the window. And, again, just specifically for the Altoona Curve, and, look, there are a lot of places around the country that are in bad shape, will be in bad shape. But the Curve are 100 miles away from Pittsburgh, and they have a tremendous ballpark, and they play in a great league. So you cannot kind of connect the dots, and and I think they would probably be left alone, um, you know, all things being considered. What's interesting about this is that uh, they would uh, St. Petersburg is where minor league baseball is currently located. The office would be now on Park Avenue. Uh, yeah. In New York, uh, because Major League Baseball would run it. But the other part is you're really not supposed to be negotiating future deals now. But yep. as as J.J. Cooper points out, Major League Baseball isn't stopping individual Major League clubs from doing that. <laughs> it's this. about survival. It's yes, about of course survival. It is. Because, again, and we'll talk about the spikes because they – they have a fascinating future ahead of them, we'll see. Because the contraction is going to happen. There are going to be 40 nope. teams lopped off. That, that is, yep. That's a given right now. My, Major League Baseball does not want short-season affiliates. And so it's going to go down to 120. So everybody is in the boat, Steve, of i got to protect my you-know-what to make sure I'm in yep. that 120. And so if that means you skirt some rules here or there, as J.J. Cooper pointed out, and you have to go negotiate, say you're some team 
you know, and I'm not just talking about the spikes, but say you're some affiliate out there and you want to you wanna go try to negotiate your own deal with a major league club, that's prohibited right now. But if that's the only way you can stay in business, then that's what these teams are going to end up having to do. There's an old saying, you ask for forgiveness later. Oh, geez, yeah, I'm right. Sorry about right. That. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry about that. We're in business, right? Well, yeah. But, yeah okay, we apologize. Uh, which now gets us to the spikes. It's uh, Obviously, the New York Penn League's going away. Uh, but then 10 days ago, 9, 10 days ago, Bill Madden of the New York Daily News, who's not exactly unconnected, is writing an article about minor league baseball. And he, he blurts in the middle about Brooklyn, which is obvious, it's the Daily News. Staten Island as a, eh, you know, the ownership is not great and the attendance has fallen apart there. But then he mentions Lowell, Mahoning Valley, Hudson Valley, which Hudson mm-hmm. Valley makes sense. Hudson Valley is close to New York City. And State College mm-hmm. being in the northern division of the South Atlantic League as a possibility. Well, obviously somebody told him that. He, you know, on the New York Daily News, you don't make that up. Right. <laughs> so so what's your, what is your take? What have you heard? Well, let's backtrack a little bit. I kind of, Steve, might have been under the assumption – uh, just my own thoughts that if State College lost a short season affiliate, that the spikes would go away. Right. That what, what everybody needs to understand is just because you're a full season affiliate, that doesn't guarantee you anything. It guarantees that you have to have a bigger staff, which means you've got to spend more money, right. and that you've got to play in April and May. Exactly. April, April and May in this part of the country. The weather's terrible. The curve draw nothing in April and May. And so I always kind of thought that maybe if the Spikes lost their short season affiliation uh, or possibility that they would not want to go full season. I have been told by uh, the highest uh, upon high that the Spikes will indeed want to stay full season if if that's the way that they survive. So that, that part... That part I'm comfortable. I've kind of changed my thinking on that. When you when you're told that, you know, by the person who's right. who's most responsible for it. So first and foremost, the spikes do want to be full season. Now that's interesting because that could they could actually with Penn State students being on campus in April and May, that would be one caveat for them to maybe try to get people at Medler Field in April and May. Because again, the weather's terrible, and and across minor league baseball, those are tough months. But if the Spikes want to do that, and given how awesome of a ballpark Medler Field is... Which is, by the, which is, by the way, important to Major League Baseball. Facilities correct. are important. And they have a tremendous front office staff with Scott Walker and his staff, a great owner in Chuck Greenberg, who is unbelievably well-connected. They, they, the state called Spikes represent what minor league baseball should be. And the fact that they're in the, East, in the, in the New York Penn League and they may get... You know that league is going to go away. Well, you, if if Major League Baseball can find a way to protect the spikes among that 120, then certainly that that would be really good for a lot of things. Now there could be expansion in a few years. Well, what does expansion do? Add, that adds add, eight more minor eight, league eight more teams. Yep. Yes, and so now you're at 128. So Steve, here's what I would say: if you're at 120. I'm not certain that the State College Spikes are in the 120 as of next year. They could be. They very well could be. But even if they're not, once there's expansion, 
I think they would be in the 128. Now, again, I do think they would be in the 120, but there are no guarantees. But if they're not, they could be in that next round of, hey, now there's 128. We could add, you know, we could add a team because here's a, a proven market. What, what do you, do you, what's your thoughts, Steve, on the 120? On the 120? Uh, I think because of facility and, you know, based on what Madden wrote, those teams are all within within a four-hour drive of each other. Except, and that helps great. Ex- except for Lowell. But there's another part to it, too, that I think now has come into play that was not an element with all this began. And that is this. And it goes back to what we talked about with losing money. Yep. You may get to 120 just through financial attrition. Correct. Correct. Because yep. some of these teams just may not be able – what people need to know about minor league baseball, I, did, I looked at a lot of numbers over the weekend. And, yeah, they're out there – 15, 20 teams that can make two, three million dollars above, and a handful that make five, six million in profit. But then you've got 100 plus teams in the in the country, 120 plus teams in the country that make less than one million dollars a year in profit. Right. The Alcuna Curve make less than one million dollars right. a year in profit. The Spikes make less mm-hmm. than one. A lot of these teams make fifty or sixty thousand dollars in profit. I mean, you're talking about a very, very um, short string. And so these teams that were barely profitable anyway. You know, they might be on the chopping block already, but even the ones that might stick around, if they can't make it through all these financial woes, that's a great point, Steve, that maybe the spikes get into that one twenty and maybe they're we're, we're you know, we're used to the NCAA tournament bubble of sixty eight. Mm-hmm. Now we're gonna be on that one twenty bubble. Right. Who who's one seventeen? Who's one nineteen? Who's one twenty one? Who's one twenty two? Maybe the spikes get in there and, and clear it by a substantial margin because some other teams just won't be able to survive. And that's, see, I think that's now become an element that nobody really, really knows. I mean, you look at, at some of these uh, some of these markets; they they may have ownership. You talk about the ownership of the of the of the curve, okay? But there are a lot of places where uh, where the ownership of the minor league team does not have what you would call seven McDonald's franchises at yeah. their disposal. I mean, and and their their local. You know, now some are major league on the Reading Fighting Phils. They're they're owned by the Phillies. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, uh, but uh, most of these others aren't, and they may look around and say, "We can't do this." It's a scary time, and we we've not mentioned yet. Although this is pretty much as a given now, there there will not be a season this year. There's there's just almost no way they could play minor league baseball. That's not official yet, but. I just, I just yeah, don't see that. That's what everybody. They, but they can't they, look. They don't have a TV contract. Yeah. The reason Major League Baseball can attempt a season of 82 games this summer is they at least can minimize the losses by playing and having a TV contract to back them up. Minor League Baseball doesn't have that. Let's look at one positive aspect. If the spikes make it and they're a low A team, Steve. You're going to see a lot better baseball there. I mean, yeah, the, difference, the difference between it's a step up from the New I mean, New York Penn League is a, is a long-standing quality league, but you'll see better baseball. And if you start in April and May and they can get the Penn State students out there, um, you know, and, and find a way to get by in April and May, because that, that's what teams do in April and May. They, they just get by. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe for but the diehard baseball fans in, in State College and Center County, Becoming a full season affiliate would be uh, pretty exciting. You'd get to see something different. You'd get to see a lot more players who have major league potential. And uh, you know, this uh, I- I- as long as all of those things happen, then 
State College could be in one of those situations where they, they benefit from all of this. Well, I, you know, I think it's as time... What I found interesting out of the April 22nd meeting is that's the one meeting... I think it's the last meeting they actually had. No news came out of that. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I found interesting. So it, to me, that tells me something was accomplished during it, but not the full agreement. Yeah, I I, I hope they get some things done. Just just for clarity, Yeah. and talking with Curve General Manager Derek Martin, he, he said... You can prepare if there's terrible news. Mm-hmm. You can prepare if there's good news. When you have no news, you really can't prepare anything. And, and I know with my, in my life, I just like to know information so I can prepare myself for, for what to, you know, what's going forward. And, and having everybody kind of sit back and not know what's happening, it creates it's, – it's a scary feeling for a lot of people in minor league baseball around the country. No question. On many fronts. On many yeah. fronts, the uncertainty of the moment and the uncertainty of the future, uh, very much so. I have to ask you very quickly, Penn State has put out uh, a lot of, I mean, James Franklin's done a couple of Zoom conferences, Sandy Barber has, all the assistant coaches have, now players are doing it. What has been like to cover part of that and get a feel for Penn State football? Because, I mean, there's, I'll give you an example of Michigan, except for Jim Harbaugh doing something today, he hasn't been out doing anything. Uh, I was asked by somebody a couple of weeks ago, and I'll try to answer your question with, with this answer, of why Penn State's doing so well in recruiting right now. And my answer to him was because it's about relationships and it's about personalities, yep. and, and you have a lot of really, I mean, led by James Franklin, who is you know, one of the most personable and charismatic coaches in the country. No doubt. Doesn't it stand to reason that Penn State, if, if all things being equal, there's no campus visits. There's no any. It's just get on the phone with the coach, get on the phone, and, and hear that Penn State would benefit in a lot of ways because they have tremendously high character people and, and charismatic people and with, with tremendous people skills. And so that's what I've taken from a lot of the Zoom calls is that, uh, first of all, from a media member, it's great that Penn State's doing that because it allows you know, media to get, to get coverage. Yep. But all these folks have – just just really really good stories interesting stories they they talk they're they're well-spoken coaches players alike and it's it's been interesting to have it be this way steve because quite frankly in the media i wonder if this is how it's going to be for a long time going forward i mean penn state media members are not allowed in locker rooms and that's kind of the case for a lot of college football but i'm wondering if we're going to get to talk to players ever you know, for for a good while outside of Zoom, or if the game is over and you're in the press box and they're going to have a Zoom call with Coach Franklin and the players from down. And, I mean, I I I think we're probably whenever we do have a season, which hopefully will be somewhat on time. I don't I don't see the media being able to to do one on one or even group interviews with with football staff probably for the rest of this year. Yeah, interesting. I'm uh, first of all, it's great to hear you. Uh, number two, to you and that great family of yours, uh, please stay safe and sound. Okay. Same to you, Steve. I appreciate it. Good discussion, pal. And that is Corey Geiger, Altoona Mirror. We'll come back. Dennis Chambers next half hour. Senator Pat Toomey final half hour, and the suit is still in the corner office door locked. Some ways, that's a good thing. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors.
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 